Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris here, your host, football analyst, sideline reporter, fresh off, well, not fresh off the playing surface. We were there this morning watching the Texans at and not fresh. And that fresh voice you hear is Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans. Mark, good evening. How are you? Johnny, I'm doing great, and it's fun to watch practice. It always is. This felt a little bit like a training camp practice. I know we're going to hear from Brevin Jordan, and we'll talk about the heat because I usually ask heat questions of players (laughs) who have participated in training camp in South Florida or West where it's hot and desert-like, and I just want to get their reaction to the Houston heat, so we'll hear from him about that. But, man, it was fun to watch them operate again. I mean, I have some reviews, and I know we're going to get to it. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to that, but we got to start with probably the biggest news of the day, and that was on Wednesday. The Houston Texans announced that the team is supporting the families of the students and teachers who tragically lost their lives in Uvalde, Texas, at Robb Elementary. The Texans are donating $400,000 to the Robb School Elementary School Memorial Fund, which will provide financial assistance directly to the community. The Texans players, uh, namely Christian Kirksey was one of them, uh, and there were a few others that really kind of kick-started this uh, opportunity to give back uh, to the families at Rob down in Uvalde. They donated 200000 uh, The McNairs and the Texans then matched that to make a $400,000 gift. And I think, Mark, you saw at some point, I think the Cowboys matched that 400000 as well, if I saw that correctly. Maybe it was, it was Drew we were talking to that uh, had said that, but I believe the Cowboys uh, have done it as well. So you saw, if you're out there, um, you've seen uh, news clips, you see a lot of orange today at practice, and that was uh, the Texans wearing orange uh, for the 8th National Gun Violence Aware Day. That's going to be on Friday, June 3rd, and they're wearing them today. And, and on the front, it just says, we stand with the families down in Uvalde. Mark, what I didn't know, mm-hmm. and one of, our, one of my favorite people in this building, one of yep. our favorite people in the building is Roland Ramirez. Roland, who is the head athletic trainer here, he went to Rob Elementary in Uvalde. That's amazing. That I found wild. that out yesterday. Yeah, I didn't you know, know. Who knows who went to what elementary school, right? Yeah, Until, exactly. You know, it comes up, and obviously it came up in the worst possible way for Roland Ramirez, who's such a terrific guy and uh, does a tremendous job in the athletic training of this team. And so horrifying, so sad, so heartbreaking. So many things have been said about it. I don't know what else we can say, but it's great to see the players pull together, Johnny, and do this with the organization, with the McNairs, yep. and and make a difference. And also nice to see the Cowboys jump in and help out as well. Yeah, very, very cool. The Texans are encouraging all Houstonians and all Texans. Um, and look, anybody in the United States to join them in wearing orange on Friday, and if you're wondering where, where did that come from, where Orange originated on June 2nd, 2015, on what would have been Hadiah Pendleton's 18th birthday, the high school student was shot and killed on a Chicago playground. Her friends commemorated her life by wearing orange, and that's why the orange uh, you saw today at practice. Now, one guy who has worn orange in his life at two different stops before he got here, that was Brevin Jordan because blue and orange, the colors of the Bishop Gorman Gales, and green and orange, the colors of the Miami Hurricanes. Mark and I had a chance to catch up with Brev this afternoon right after he got off the practice field, and that's what it sounded like. Brevin, before we get started here, let's talk about Rob Elementary and the fund and what the Texans are doing. This is a very special day, very meaningful. Oh, it's awesome, man. I mean, you know, what our country is going through in terms of gun violence, it, it, it's hard. It's hard on everybody, and... You know, the people, you know, the people that are out here in Uvalde, Texas, what they went through the elementary school, 
you know, it, it's hard. So for us to come through together for them and the McNair family to match us and, you know, donate, I think it's over $400,000 to the to Rob Elementary School, it's, it's unbelievable, man, because, you know, it hurts. It, it impacts, you know, everybody from the East Coast to the West Coast. We're all one country, so it, it impacts everybody. And, Brett, you went through that when – you were growing up in Las Vegas. There was, yep. uh, there the was Las Vegas shooter. Yep. Uh, you had that already. But the fact that it was player-driven, that you guys were driving the donation, yep. how cool was that the guys banded together to do something for the city of Uvalde? It's awesome, man. I mean, we all we all feel, you know, with guys like Ro, our trainer, he, he's from Uvalde, Texas, so we all feel feel that energy, you know. Yeah. So we're, we're going to do everything in our power just to make sure everybody's all right. You know, we're going to make sure to do whatever we can to make sure the families feel you know the love and support that they need because I mean at the end of the day, you know big or small whatever whatever role we have we're we're role models to these kids and to you know to to regular citizens so we got to do what we can to help. Brevin, football wise, I know it's only OTAs, but does something like this kind of bring you guys together even more, oh, especially definitely. for this time of year? Definitely, man. OTAs is awesome. I mean, it's only my second year, but to be in OTAs to to feel the it's a it's a different vibe from last year. I mean, we everybody's locked in, everybody's like committed to what we want to do. Every day before we walk into the team meeting room, we always have 2022 Super Bowl champions. Just because you know we, we want to aim for the moon. We 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 gotta we gotta turn this the city around. We gotta turn this thing around. How's it been for you, second year? I know we talked tonight at the draft, and you said, "Look, I want to become a three-down player. I want to I want to block better. I want to catch better. Run routes better. I want to do all those things better." Obviously, you're not blocking too many guys out here, right. but the progress in your game through the first couple weeks of OTAs, how you feel? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's gone up tremendously. I'm, I'm super confident in where I'm going right now and where, I'm, where I want to be. But overall, even though we're not, you know, we can't have contact like that, it's, it's still good to get the steps down because football, I mean, it's all a technical game at the end of the day. It's, it's a, lot of in, a lot of contact, a lot of impact, but if you don't have the technique down your footsteps, you know, the, the top of the route's down, you won't, you won't make it out here. So that's, that's a big thing for us during those years. Revan, what are you seeing from the quarterback so far with Davis and Kyle and the other guys? I mean, they're awesome. I mean, Davis, Davis' maturity level has has grown so much. I mean, I think, you know, last year as a rookie, he 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 was he was adapting, and this year it's like he's taking over. It's like he knows this is his team. He wants to take over. He wants to he wants to lead us. You know, as far as we can go. So I'm excited for Davis and the rest of the quarterbacks. They're all they're all grinding. They look super super confident. Along those lines, Brev, the comfort level that you feel in year two. I know you're probably hearing some different things in the huddle. Maybe the offense a little bit different for you, but just your comfort level in this offense with Davis from where you were a year ago. How has that changed for you? It's, it, it, it was zero to 100. I mean, last year, you know, being a rookie, you you want to you want to earn the trust of your teammates first, the trust in your teammates and the coaches. So the difference between this year and that last year is I feel like I have the trust in my teammates and my coaches. Now it's about me just being able to apply my the stuff I'm learning in the film room on the field. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. Just go out here and make plays. All right, I have to ask you a heat question because growing up in Nevada, then you have University of Miami, mm-hmm. South Florida, then here. Yep. I know it's not August yet, yep. but it was a little warm out here today. What are yep. your thoughts on the three different places and what could be worse? Oh, uh, so... Vegas, so this is how I always tell everybody, Vegas is just dry heat. There's, just, there's no humidity. You, just, you're not going to have to worry. It feels like an oven when you walk outside. It's just hot. My Isn't aunt, that still bad and yeah, tough on see, you? It's, it's, not, it's bad, but it's not as bad as you would think, honestly. Okay. I mean, growing up there, I'm used to it, so it's not, it's not a big deal. Miami, you got a little some heat and some humidity, but it's, it's still hot. It's still, it's still pretty hot, but it's not as bad because you can feel the ocean breeze coming from the south. Okay. And then you got Houston, which is basically Las Vegas heat. 
with Miami humidity all combined in one. So if you if you ask for my personal opinion, Houston is the worst. Because okay. who I'm still I'm still getting used to it, dog. I don't know how y'all are used to it. I don't know if y'all are used to it. I don't know how you can't get used to it, but it's hot. It's hot out here. Nobody gets used to this. I swear, yeah. I don't know how you can. I literally yeah. don't know how you can't get used to it. And it's, it's only early June. <laughs> Man, tell Wait me about until it. August. August. Okay, I'm standing next to the two of you. And I'm going to ask Mark this later, and I want you to opine on this now. I hear this all the time. It's a Canes thing you would never understand. Yep. Explain it. If you know, you know. <laughs> That's all it is to it. If you know, you know. I love that. What are you going to do during the break between mini camp and training camp? I'm staying here. I'm staying here. I'm working. I'm not doing nothing. You going to see me here in Houston? Nah, yeah, don't worry. I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying right here. I'm going to probably be with Davis running routes or something. Wherever he's, I'm probably going to be with Davis, honestly. Outstanding. Brevin, thanks a lot for joining us. Mark, I got to, of all the the players, and we're going to talk about guys that are probably ones off the radar screen a little bit in just a second, but I look at Brevin Jordan, and, you know, we were talking kind of amongst the guys in the room, and somebody had asked me about Brevin. I think one of the things about Brev is his body. Like last year when he got here, I want to use the word puffy. But he was probably a little bit overweight where he wanted to be. But he looks sharp, crisp, body-wise looks, you know, put together. He's always a great interview. We just found that out. I mean, I don't say we just found that out. We've known that for a while. But I think the fans, if you're hearing him for the first time, you're like, what? We want to hear more from him. Like, yeah, we do too. He's really, really good. Now, today our observation would be offense, Brevin and the offense, probably not where it was last week. Well, I'm going to say that. The defense this time of year. Last week I thought, hey, where's the defense making more plays, right? Yeah. Last week I really felt that way in the 11-on-11 stuff. Right. Today we saw the defense making more plays. Here's what I believe is happening, Johnny, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this. This time of year, and it happens during training camp too, these two units have gone up against each other an awful lot now. Yeah. And we haven't seen all the action. But the defense has True. seen plenty. Right. They know a lot of... Maybe not necessarily exactly what's coming, but they've seen a lot of the looks that the offense can present by now, yep. especially since you're not going full game plan install and all that, especially in May. You're trying to get rhythm and do those things. Well, it's highly competitive out there. And if one thing you want to be able to take away from OTAs, if there's one thing, it's wide receivers versus DBs. Maybe a little bit of pass rush because they can give a grade on each particular rush and just say, that would have been a sack, that wouldn't have, but go ahead and throw it anyway, Davis. So those things come into play, at least in the grading process with the coaches. But I think that the defense uh, made some plays today. It was nice to see for them. Uh, We didn't see explosive plays for the most part for the offense, but we saw some good plays. I mean, I saw some good throws today. I saw some good plays. Saw some missed opportunities as well. And that's just the way it is in OTAs this time of year. You just hope that you get better. That's the whole idea. This time of year, that's when you want to be able to try things like Davis told us last week. You try different things. You're not so worried about making mistakes as long as you correct them and move forward yep. and get better. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I think that's that's the thing. And and I, I phrased it poorly because I said, you know, the offense not doing – you're right, the defense was probably more the culprit today because I felt like the defense was flying around, was very sharp in its coverages, very sharp in its disguises when they did show them. I thought they, the – Unit as a whole was fresh. I thought you know, Desmond King made a really nice break on a ball um, thrown to Davion Davis. Uh, Steven Nelson had a breakup that was up the sideline, uh, doing a great job in a cover two in that situation. So I felt like the defensive guys were, were making some plays. 
Um, but there are guys on this team on both sides of the ball. And we do this segment eh, every so often. We do it during training camp about mm-hmm. a week through. We do it during the offseason at various times. And we do it probably during the season. I don't know if we do it during the season much because nah. we're into the season. It's a training camp thing. But it re- it really is a training camp thing. But it's also an OTAs and a mini camp thing because you got 90 guys roughly out there on the field. And we call it Don't Forget About Me. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching today, I'm looking out there and I'm going, ooh, that guy is going to be a great candidate for Don't Forget About Me. Me. All right, you go first. But I'm going to let you go first. Oh, I'm going to go first. You get to go first. I, I think there are different categories of don't forget about me. Some yeah. of don't forget about me is, hey, you've been talking about all these other guys. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still here, right. and I'm still making plays, as right. opposed to, hey, you thought I was off this team, right. but I'm still on this team, and I'm going to make this 53. But to me, in the first part of that, it would be none other than our Monday Showcase interview, ah, Brandon Cooks. Yes, very good. Don't forget about me. Yeah. I'm one of the best receivers in the league. Watch we watch me make plays. Watch Davis Mills throw me the ball. I can do things. And today, there were some deep balls thrown to people not named Brandon Cooks or Nico <laughs> Collins, and I thought, I think they're just doing this to try a few different things out, right? They're doing this because, not necessarily, they don't want to show their hand with the media present, yeah. but... They're just trying some different things. Let's just put it that way. Brandon Cooks looks as good as you could want a receiver to look. He catches everything, makes tremendous moves with the ball in his hands, runs great routes, has the speed of a demon, might be the fastest guy on this team. I love Brandon Cooks. He's my don't forget about me guy, my first one. I like your thought process there because I've I've got a couple that are kind of along those lines. But the first one, and we've talked about this over the years, too. We use the word subterranean. I'm going subterranean for this one. Oh, I like subterranean. Very much so. Because when we talk about running backs, and we talk about running backs a lot, Yep. and there's no no issue with talking about the running backs. It's it's fun to talk about the running backs. Man, Damian Pierce, we're talking about him a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie, fourth-rounder, drafted player. Obviously, Rex last year ended the year as the number one running back. Royce came coming back. That would be one of them. I could maybe throw him in. But I'm going to go sub-training with this one. And it's one of my Fort Bend County homeboys. His nickname is Jet. And when you see him with the ball in his hands, you realize that Darius Anderson, Jet Anderson, is somebody to not forget about. I agree. And I don't – I listen at practice as well, like through the music and all that. I try to – if I can, I try – to take in kind of the feel like the players, like if I can hear the players, especially like if a guy makes a catch or a guy makes a play, like how supportive they are of each other. I love hearing that sort of thing. When Jed Anderson is running the football, I could hear today some some guys on the side like, "Woo!" Like that guy. You like yep. you don't need to know what the next part of that sentence is. This yep. is woo because you know he can run. He can really scoot and. The program lists him at 5'11", 212. I don't know if he's that big, but I remember seeing him in high school and thought, this this joker can absolutely run. And if you have that sort of speed and you can stay healthy, catch the ball a little bit, they'll find a role for you in some way, shape, or form. And I just, as I watched him today and I heard the reaction as he would do something, as he would run between the tackles, and then he would get out in space. I don't know that I would push your thought that Brandon Cooks is the fastest guy on his team. But I got a feeling that uh, 
3-0, Jed Anderson would be right up there with him. He's ultra quick. He was. I have another category that we do training camp shows around. Yes. Impossible not to notice. And he's definitely in the impossible not to yes. notice category. Yes. Who's 30? He's running fast. Very fast. He's cracking through a little sliver of light. Yes. And there he goes. Yeah. And he's got a lot of juice out there. And it's not exactly Greenbrier weather today. No. I thought uh -huh. that he looked really good. I think that's a good one, Sean. Yeah, don't forget about Darius Anderson. All right, your next one. All right, my next one is going to catch some people by surprise. But Chris Conley made a couple of catches today that yep. were impressive. One of them in particular, the throw, I think, was equally impressive by Mills. He just yep. got it into a tight window. Conley made a great catch along the sideline, kept the feet in, and he's got that kind of ability. He's got a great lean receiver body, so he can make a lot of moves with it. He can run fast. Uh, obviously, I mean, he had a couple of plays he probably would want back today as yep. well, and that's happened throughout his career. But, man, oh, man, when he turns it on, when it's on for him, it's good. And I just thought, all right, he's showing why he's still part of this team. A lot of people thought, well, why are you bringing back Conley? Yeah. Hey, Conley can play, right? And you need bodies. You need receivers. Let's yep. just see what happens here. He made some plays for you last year. Yeah. I thought he had a pretty good practice today overall. I'm going to give you another guy that is sort of subterranean. But I was watching him today. He made a couple of catches during team. And – I got to say I have body envy because this guy might be the most well-put-together athlete there, there is. I, I, I just I, – I'm blown away by this guy's build. Kahale Waring is still on this team? No. At 6'2", okay. 220, coming out of Georgia Tech, I liked and really liked Jalen Camp. I thought he would be a guy that we might look wow. at on day three. And – I wondered why, like why, why didn't it click for him? We ended up with the Texans late in the year. He, I think he was active for maybe a couple games. I don't know that they targeted him in the passing game at all, but I would like for them to, throughout OT, the rest of OTAs through minicamp, to see what they have with Jalen Camp. Now, it, it's a we've talked about the receivers, and I think it's the same. It's the same uphill battle that Jed Anderson is is kind of going through, and so I'm kind of like these are guys that are really going to be it's going to be hard to even get that last spot at running back or even at wide receiver. But if you're going to do it, you're going to have to have some elite trait. And then Jed Anderson, we know it's the speed. With Jalen Camp, it's his build and his speed. I mean, that's a guy at 6'2", 220 at his pro day, ran in the four threes, like high four threes. So he's got incredible athletic ability. But that's going to be such a tough nut to crack at wide receiver because we've talked about that with Nico and Brandy Cooks, and you drafted Mechie. So you know those three. You brought back Chris Moore and Chris Conley. So do those – I don't want to say you automatically put them on the roster, but you have them. Then you've got to have somebody, you know, in the slot. So who goes in the slot at that point? So how many, bod how many bodies at wide receiver are you going to keep? I don't know if you end up keeping Jalen Camp, but I don't want to forget about him because that guy is maybe as athletic as anybody that's on his team. Every in – the, in the cafeteria, sometimes they'll post, like, different measurements and things. Every time I look up there, Jalen Camp's name is near the top of that. He is as athletic as it gets. It's just a matter of can he get the opportunities enough to show, hey, I can be a legit wide receiver here for this team. Mm -hmm. But at 6'2", 220, I'm willing to take a risk on a guy like that that can run the way that he can. And I saw him make that catch. And that Jalen Camp is the name that struck me as, hey, man, we better not forget about this guy because this guy can, can really, I think, fit into this offense if given some opportunity. So preseason games – Training camp practices, those 
those are his 17 games this year, basically. He's got to show out in those to be able to get the opportunity, but he's got the athletic ability to do it. Okay, sidebar right now, receivers. Okay, you mentioned it. Cooks, Nico. Cooks, right? Nico. Mechie, if he's healthy enough to yes. start the season. Yes. Philip Dorsett is not oh, going to not be yeah. on this team. He's got to be. He's going to be on this team. He, they ran. That's four right there. That's four. How many keep him? I mean, you're keeping six at least. Well, I shouldn't say at least. You're keeping up to six, up to I six. would think. So that's two and spots. And special teams has to figure into it. Deshaun Hamilton has looked good. So Hey, you know what a great catch today? I'm not saying it puts him on the team, but Davion Davis had a tremendous catch today. Look, he falls kind of in the Jalen Camp category in the fact that he's not 6'2", 220. Yeah. Davion can scoot now. Mm-hmm. I've watched that guy since he was a freshman at Sam and been covering his games ever since. He can absolutely fly. So you give him an opportunity. I mean, I hated it because he had that one catch. I want to say it was against Seattle. And he turns it up the field. He turned it in a 21-yard gain. I'm like on the sidelines freaking out going, yeah, Davion, yes. And then he's down. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he misses the rest of the, he misses the, rest of the season. That would have been a great opportunity for him to get yeah. another yep. you know, 10 to 12 targets get over the rest reps. of his. It would have been incredible for him. So, uh, all right, Mark, last one. Last don't forget about me. Okay, uh, I'm going to cheat and pick a couple of rookies who looked less like rookies than they did last week. So I'm really hijacking the rest of this segment. That's okay. Because to me, Petrie, I didn't watch him closely last week for whatever reason. Right. I watched him closely today. Wow. This is going to be fun, it looks like. He's impressive looking. And I was hearing the general talk about how smart he is. (laughs) He's got two degrees working on a third. And I don't think... You know, Tyron Matthew, that's putting a lot on him, but it's probably accurate at this point. You know, whatever he said. Play style is dead on. uh, He's around the ball, and and you want to think about this box thing versus coverage thing. You know, people presume that some guys, because they like being in the box or like being close to the line of scrimmage, um, that might mean they can't cover. He had a couple of coverages oh, no. today that were outstanding yes. where he ends up man-to-man on somebody, and he's all over them. Yep. All right, uh, second so, one. So that was good. Uh, the other one would be we were talking running backs, Pierce, because yeah. he's different from your guy, from yep. Jet. He's different, clearly, a little thicker. Yes. But he can cut. Now, it's hard to tell things in OTAs in the running game. I'm not here to say, oh, the running game is saved, and it's completely <laughs> – you know, we're going to go from yes. 32nd to 1st. I'm not here to say that. But to watch Pierce just do cutbacks yeah. in this environment, you're thinking, okay. Oh, the cut he made, we were talking about. He, he had a couple of oh, other ones. Wow. But, yeah, the one we were looking at, you and I together, oh, wow. I thought, okay, I see it. I definitely see this <laughs> yeah. this developing. So that's not really a don't forget about me. That's a reminder about me okay. and that I'm here in these OTAs and I'm upping my game. I'm a rookie. I'm improving. That's what you want to see out of these rookies. How much better are you than you were last week? I'll give you one. Okay. And he was a little banged up, and I don't know that he's fully healthy at this point, mm-hmm. but I think he fits this category to a T. Do not forget about Michael Dwumfor. Mm. The big fella inside, I watched him work the bags down today, and I was down there watching him, and I don't think he did a full-on practice. I think he was just doing a few things as he's trying to maybe rehab from something, but he was working the bags, and I'm just watching how quick he is. I mean, he's listed at 300, two, he's listed at 296, but he's 6'1". So it probably means he's about six foot. And he's pretty stout for a guy. I mean, you know, I, I say this often. I mean, his, his butt's big, and that's good. 
I don't mind my guys having big butts at 6'1 and 300 pounds, roughly. Hockey. But Go the on. way that he moves and how quick he is, and do not hockey that, by the way, he's, I think he's a guy you do not want to forget about because he's so quick. Uh, he's kind of like a minier, uh, a minier, a smaller version of Roy in some sense. Very thick legs, thick trunk, but has the quickness and understands leverage. And when he got in the game last year, when he was forced to go in that Chargers game, he made two two plays, I think back-to-back on a drive that looked like the Chargers were going to get in the end zone, and it forced him to have to kick a field goal. And he was instrumental in two of those, one of them getting to Herbert's face and the other one knifing in on a run. And he did it the next week in San Francisco, too. He made another couple of plays. If he's healthy, don't forget about Michael Dwumfor. He's got an opportunity. I know. How many defensive linemen did you say there were? 17? 17. All right. I think they're keeping all 17 because <laughs> I know they can't do that. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like they sort of have an identity, that group, yeah. that they're a band of brothers. Yes. And they're not all the same body type and obviously have DNs and uh, defensive tackles and things like that. Malik was out there today. That was nice. Yes. But to me, they have a lot of guys who can do – good things up front, rush the passer, stop the run. They're going to go a heavy rotation. You know, you're going to get nine DLs on this 53. That's my yes. prediction right now. Write it down, June 1st, 2022. Boom. I have nine DLs on the 53. Nick is listening to this right now, eye-rolling oh, me yeah. like there's Vandermeer. no tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, Vandermeer's killing me. That's what he's saying as he's listening to it. Mark, good job. All right, we get back. Top Gun Maverick was a conversation that Drew Doherty and I had. How good was it? Well, we'll talk about that next on Texans All Access. 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 What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Glad to be with you. And it's time to go in the lab where Drew and I discussed a movie. A blockbuster movie and had fun doing it. You and I are of an age where we... Grew up in the 80s. It was the first full decade of my life. It was the first full decade of your life because you were born into the 70s, as was I, but you weren't right. there in 1970. Or, you know, So the first full decade of my life was the 80s. And you, and we're going to talk a little bit of football later, I promise. We're going to talk about second week of OTAs and Davis Mills. But starting off with Top Gun, because in 1986, it was the summer after second grade. I was going into third grade. <laughs> Rockets had just played in the finals, and it was like, hey, we're going to be here every year because Akeem and Ralph and you know the other guys. Oh. But the Twin Towers, they're going to be awesome for years to come. The Astros would go on and play for the right to go to the <sighs> World Series, and they played in one of the greatest playoff series of all time. Didn't make it. And Top Gun came out that summer along with Cobra. But Top Gun was a movie that everyone remembered, and I loved it. I saw it because I, had, when I was a little guy that that summer, I tripped and fell at the park and cut my eye right here. So I had to go get stitches, I like seven or eight stitches, and I couldn't go swimming. I couldn't go outside as much because you kind of had to be careful. So like the first Saturday after I got stitches, my dad took me to see Top Gun at the Town and Country. I think it was like yeah. the Lowe's Three or something, which it's not there anymore. Right. But it's a lot of things over in that town and country area that aren't there anymore. A lot of things that aren't a lot there. Of they, things. Just, they just got rid of that hotel that was like yeah. 20 stories high. Yeah. I just saw it the other day and I was like, wait a second. You know how you drive by something, you see it so often. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, something's weird. And you go, oh, that's dirt where there used to be a building. So yeah, things, there. this just in, things changed rapidly in Houston. Think about it. That was 36 years ago. 
Top Gun came out. I mean, I, I love that movie so much. I got a flat top for my next haircut. I thought yeah. it was so awesome. I'd watch it every once in a while over the you know the last three decades. Loved it. Now it's corny. I, I know at times, but I still just love the mute movie, love the music. It's sort of timeless. So when I heard yeah. four or five years ago there was going to be a sequel, I was like, awesome. It'll suck, but awesome. Yeah. I'll see it. It'll be a great stroll down memory lane. Well, the buildup kept coming. The buildup kept coming, and the pandemic pushed it back. And then some other stuff pushed it back another year. And it was like, okay, it's coming out summer. Oh, no, it's going to come out Christmas. Oh, no, it's going to come out. And then it finally, like, it looked like this was going to be the date. And I was so pumped. And I saw the trailers. Love the trailers. I heard whispers about other things involved. And we're not going to give anything away, but you and I have seen this. But I finally got a chance to see it last night. I took my two boys. Maybe that's bad parenting. Maybe they're a little too young to see it. But they <laughs> both liked so. it. Yeah. And I went with a couple of buddies who they also grew up in the 80s and they also loved the, the original and they were blown away like I was. And I think it's one of the greatest blockbusters, if not the greatest blockbuster movie of all time. Like, I love it that much. It was it was interesting because I, I also took my son. Now, my son is a bit older than yours. He's, he's 22. Yep. But we we watched Top Gun. Gosh, it was it was just a couple of years ago. We were we were obviously during a pandemic and you couldn't do a whole lot and we were trying to fill the time and so my daughter had pulled on the list of afi's top 100 movies of all time now i can't remember if top gun was on it but it got us thinking about movies yeah and so we're trying to figure out all these movies and we're hitting on some 80s classics my wife and i just kind of bounced them and i said top gun at some point my daughter looked at me i was like wait you haven't seen top gun we haven't seen top gun we're watching top gun so we watched top gun and it's it's fantastic and i Look, I don't know if it if it holds up uh, at all, but I was curious how they would tie in some of the iconic aspects of Top Gun into Top Gun Maverick, and and they did. The thing for me, there's a scene of two of the key actors, and I had kind of a hard time getting through it because it was like you just said it. It's 36 years ago. Yeah. Now I was a little bit older than you. I was uh, I was on into high school. I was a freshman in high school. And so I saw it and it's like, man, I got the whole world ahead of me. And then you look up and it's like, man, Tom Cruise got old. And I'm like, dang, I've gotten old. I mean, I just hit 50 at the end of March and I'm like, whoa. So it was, there was that kind of aspect to it. Um, there's, there's kind of a father son aspect to it, which is yeah unique in a, in a way, but it's excellent. It, had like three or four different twists at the end like oh all right cool all right we can all relax and it's like oh dang <laughs> and there's like another twist so it's 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 like the original in some sense in that it's got obviously drama it's got some great action scenes it's funny um and it's poignant at times especially yeah for old heads that watched it way back when and now seeing it again so the other aspect of it too drew was I saw it in the movie theater and it's the first movie I'd seen since the pandemic. Right. In a, theater, I, I, in a theater. I asked Drew, I asked uh, my son, Jack, if I was like, man, when's the last time we've been to a movie? Now we, that was a dumb question because we had just not, not even a, two weeks ago had seen facing Nolan the oh, documentary yeah, yeah. about Nolan Ryan. So we had gone to a movie theater, but it was a little different. 
as a premiere, so it was select group, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you were a so, fancy pants. We probably ought to talk about that after this, but you got to go. Yeah, yeah anyways. I did. Yeah. So that was the first time we had actually been uh, in a group of people watching a movie. But this mm-hmm. was kind of the first true go-to movie theater, you know, pay for the popcorn and food. Of course, we go to we go to a certain cinema where we eat. Um, right. We're not just going to do the popcorn thing. So we got our we got our seats. It was not packed at all. We had room around us. And just sat back and enjoyed the heck out of it. And my my son loved it. And this is not a this is not a hey you need to go see it. But if you saw Top Gun, then you should see Top Gun Maverick. If you saw Top Gun, then take your kids if you have them to go see it. But definitely go see Top Gun Maverick because they definitely I feel like all that time of when are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? They they addressed okay. Well, how are they going to do this? They addressed all of that. I thought they nailed relatively it. brilliantly. So it's a, it's a tremendous, it's tremendous. The music, like it's yeah, it's not the same, but the way oh, I mean the way they melded things, it was it was so good. So what I mean, did you what did your boys think after watching it? They liked it. I you know they're still young, man. One's going into third grade, and he taught. He said he wants to join the Navy this morning, which. <laughs> Which one of the dads that we went with last night in the text chain afterwards said, yeah. I'm going to join the Navy now. And he's in his 30s. So, you know, he, that's how that's what we thought of it. But uh, it was funny hearing that because, like, there was a time there for about two years where all my doodles were airplanes and stuff. And I did yeah, a yeah. I did a project. Uh, we had to do like a big research project in fourth grade. And I did it on the F-14, you know, so I knew all about the and still do about the F-14 and all that. So it was fun to hear that. My little guy, you know, he was kind of laying down at, at various points and he was asking it like, you know, is it, is it past my bedtime? You know, <laughs> it's still kind of, kind of adjusting yeah. to things, but he liked it and he liked being yeah. with his friends and being with me. So it was cool, but yeah, it was just such a, such a memorable, memorable movie and a yeah. memorable night. And it was, it was a lot of fun and had a good time. Um, and it got me thinking like, who is the maverick of the NFL? You know, Ooh. somebody that kind of plays outside the bounds but is the best at what he does it's it's hard to like hmm. you know like the closest job no well i was thinking brett Favre, maybe but that, not. that's a good one no that's like, that's an excellent one you know that's really really good i think that's i think that's dead on um, but he made his he dad made his dad was mistakes coach. you know yeah, like yeah his dad was a coach so he kind of grew up around it like Maverick did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Brett Favre's a really good one. That's an excellent, excellent. And I'm comparison. open. To, I'm open to suggestions for those of you listening and watching. If you think there's somebody yeah. better, I think Brett Favre is really, really good. That's a you great know. one. Um, yeah, I think that's an excellent one to be honest with you. Yeah. Brett Favre would definitely buzz the tower. There's no doubt. <laughs> he probably did. There was probably a tower at practice one day back in the '90s that Brett Favre probably sent a heater up up near uh, Mike yeah. Holmgren at some point. Uh, yeah, I think Brett Favre is a great one, actually. It's a great and, one. Great and is one. it necessarily a quarterback? Is it another position, you know? It's somebody mm-hmm. that's just, like, the best at what they do. Now they're older than, you know, their competition, but they're still better. Kind of marched to the beat of his own drum. Yeah. Authority bristles just, at their sight. Yeah, you know? it uh boy, it's it's hard to not think of um 
Brett Favre is so good. I mean, yeah. it's so he, that's a that's a perfect one. It's hard to think of an, anyone that's that's even even close at that point. Um, yeah, I'd probably I, I think that would probably be that would probably be the one. Yeah, he's so not. See, I spun it back to football, but yeah, but I had to talk about Top Gun, and I'm that's glad you'd good. seen it because, golly, I mean, I'm gonna go back. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see it again. In the and I don't I don't ever do that. I I, I think I. I'm not sure what movies I've seen in the theater more than once in my life. I'm sure I've done it, but I just don't Ooh. remember. I probably have seen a few because back <laughs> back when when Top Gun was coming out, I mean, you had to sit there and wait for a movie to come out on video if you really liked it. I'm pretty sure I saw Bull Durham two or three times in the theater. Oh, that's a good one. We I just watched that last you. week. That's a good one. I can I can promise you. Well, I know I know it was multiple times. I don't know how many times, but I definitely saw that thing. <laughs> way more than just what's the theater. You saw it in the theater, Bull Durham, huh? Multiple times? Oh, yeah. Wow. Absolutely multiple times. I don't times. even remember, because it was, that was, I couldn't have seen that. I was a little, I was like 11, so they wouldn't have let me in. Yeah. My son, the little guy, he played on the Durham Bulls. That was his yeah. baseball team this year. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. The That's Durham a great Bulls. movie, too. Great movie. It's weird going, I went to Durham Bulls game probably 15 17 years ago maybe 20 years ago now gosh it's been a while and all the publicity that bull durham brought to the durham bulls they just raked in cash over the years and they tore down that 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 stadium which to me was awesome it was right on a it's on a street corner it was so it was so cool in the movie just was it next to a factory of some sort Yes, or a warehouse it's, or something. It, it's absolutely right next to a factory. Mm. There's a factory on the on the the right field side, and then there's a there's actually a factory on the the uh, third base side. You can't. I don't think you see it in the movie, but um, there's so there's a factory down the third base line and a factory down the the far right uh, right field line or right field. So, but it's the stadium. They took all that money and built this brand new. At the time, it was brand new, like 20 years ago. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's as nice a minor league ballpark as as you can go to. Huh. Well, that was 20 years ago. I haven't been back since. But it was just cool. I'm like, I'm watching the Durham Bulls minor league baseball game. I just wish <laughs> I could have sat in those kind of rickety stands. And I love old stadiums. That would have been really cool to me. But that new stadium, was, it, was, it was sweet. But it's right on the street corner. And, you know, you can kind of, as you walk kind of down the sidewalk to the stadium, Kind of the same one that Susan Sarandon did at the very beginning of it. And, of course, yeah, we had to end with a little Bull Durham talk right there. It is a great stadium. I love going to great stadiums. you got to check out the In the Lab because we talked about great stadiums throughout the NFL that we miss, that we've loved going to. Um, Oakland Alameda Coliseum, that was one for sure. All right, we get back. We'll go around the league. A little bit of news happening, so we'll do that next on Texans All Access. Let's dive into our final segment right here on a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. Glad you are with me. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Really fun OTAs. Mark and I talked about that uh, today. It's the one day this week that we get a chance to see him. We'll see him Tuesday of next week. And then the following is the veteran mini camp. I say called veteran mini camp, but it's mini camp. That's the mandatory one. So it's a three-day mini camp. So we'll see uh, how that goes before the guys go off for their summer break, and then the next thing after that is training camp. Now, there's been a lot of questions around the league about one particular quarterback, a Texan, Kyler Murray. 
is he going to be at training camp? Well, he showed up for OTAs. So is he getting this contract fixed? Is he going to play under the number for his fourth year? Interesting stuff going on there in Arizona. But Kyler Murray is at Cardinals OTA. Stephon Tewitt, I think one of the more underrated players in the NFL throughout his career, coming out of Notre Dame as a second rounder, announced his retirement just 29 years old. Said it was time to go. Thank the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he is done at 29. And we saw that, I think, last year or the year before. I think it was last year. David DeCastro, all-pro guard for the Steelers, said he was done. And I saw somebody tweet this, and I thought this was pretty interesting, that the lifespan of a player, once they reach seven, eight years, and they've gotten a second contract, it's a good contract, and if guys have taken care of their money, hey, walk away. You got your limbs intact. You feel good about your 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 uh the, the brain, uh, your mentals, as Marshawn Lynch said, walk away. That's what guys have done and they're doing, and Stephon Tewitt is the latest one to do it. This news was pretty awesome, coming off some obviously bad news. Losing John Madden this past uh, January was tough. The game Madden, every year they decide on a player they're going to put on the cover. Last year I think it was Mahomes and Brady, and those two are playing – Right now, as we speak, in the match, Mahomes and Allen against Rodgers and Brady, no player this year. They put the man himself, John Madden, on the NFL, uh, Madden NFL 23 cover. Absolutely love it. I wish I played Madden. I just don't really have the time to play much anymore. But I, I wish I did, just so I could get this cover. In fact, I might get this cover. Uh, because it's it's awesome. There are three different covers for uh, for Madden in 2023, so that's going to be really, really cool. But John Madden, back on the NFL 2023 cover. I think we mentioned this earlier in the show, but I want to make sure I reiterate this. The Texans raised $400,000 for those in Uvalde. The Cowboys also matched that with $400,000. and It's just it's incredible stuff, and I just want to finish with that because the Texans have done so much for so many in the communities in and around Houston, but to do this for the state of Texas. And my man, Roland Ramirez, I, didn't, I did not know until today that he went to Robb Elementary, and so I know that definitely hit close to home for him. And I know the guys did that in large part for Roe and for the people of Uvalde, but the Cowboys matched it, so that was awesome stuff. A big thanks to Mark, to Drew, to Chris Santiago, and all of you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and as always, go Texans.